0: I think I know everybody, so I don't know if I need to introduce myself, so I'll skip that part of the study. That shaves off about 10 minutes. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, today. I thank you that we get to come and uh, just enter in and, and study your word, Lord. I just pray that you would take the words um, spoken today, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would take it and that uh, he would write in our hearts those things that we are to be doing, Lord, and um, just taking your word and, and going out into life and and applying it to our lives and uh, just always keeping you in, in the forefront of our hearts. I just praise you and thank you for today. Just glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Turn to the book of Jacob. That's, James is the, um, Greek version of Jacob. So turn to the book of James. And as they said in Grand, in Fargo today, Santiago, James, it's all the same. So, it's towards the end of the book. We're going to be actually studying in James chapter 1, which was kind of interesting that they started that in the welcome verse. That was pretty cool. So, James chapter one. We're gonna just read through since nobody I don't think read ahead. We're just gonna read ahead here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren." Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will he be, uh, begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God." Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if, every, if any man be, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Well, in this uh, Bible study that I'm going to uh, entitle, um, Perfect Perfecting Endurance. Um, the intro to this study I'm just going to make quick um, after the reading. Um, in Let's turn uh, first to Matthew chapter 13, verse 54 through 58. We're going to be jumping around a little bit today, and interestingly, um, I actually got the verses and the passages before I studied the actual chapter of James, chapter 1. I just noticed that James kind of fits all of the passages that I had, which um, it's a different way to study, but it was kind of cool the way the Holy Spirit worked that all together. All right, Matthew chapter 13. I can get there quickly here. All right. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, were they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save is in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And uh, chapter ahead, in, verse chapter, in chapter 13, verse 54 through 58, um, Matthew 13, we're going to, oh, did I read the wrong passage? I did, didn't I? Right? Okay. Alright, well that was the one 54 through 58. Read that second after you read Matthew chapter 12. <laughs> Sorry about that. Alright, 47. Uh, Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so Jesus' house... Was faithless. They did not believe his works, and James was part of that group that was faithless. Um, they didn't believe him, uh, and uh, the the town that he was from didn't believe him. And so, because of their lack of a faith, they he was unable to do many works in his in uh, through his family in his town. Um, but later on in life, in 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen. Should have had all of these set aside here. 15. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, after that he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last, he was seen of me, Paul, also as one born out of due time. So, after he was resurrected, then he went to James, and James then believed. And not only did James have respect for his brother after he rose from the dead, he believed that he was the Messiah. And not only did he believe he was the Messiah, he uh, ended up, the head of the christian church in um in jerusalem the judean uh, church in jerusalem um a lot of people say that uh james was a strict uh, a strict christian law abiding christian and when they read the epistle of james they say it goes against what paul was saying because paul is saying that uh faith and and grace and james is saying works and so there seems to be a difference, and a lot of uh, unbelievers will argue that James and Paul were were at odds, and that simply is not true. In um, in a- Acts, he actually writes his first epistle. Um, James does, and he writes it talking about the grace that is in the church and how they're not going to put another yoke of bondage on the Gentiles that are saved. And so um, you can see that no. James does understand the gospel, he does understand grace, he does understand faith, he understood salvation through faith, and he was not only leading in Jerusalem, but after 30 years of leadership, he writes this epistle in James, of this epistle that we know of as the book of James. Um, after 30 years, um, that's 30 years of endurance, 30 years of not wavering, 30 years of, of leading Uh, And and overseeing um, God's people and shepherding uh, along with Peter there, Um, he writes this epistle by the Holy Spirit. And not only did he write these epistles, not only did he um, give his life over to who was his brother as as they grew grew up together. Not only did he do all these things, but he was faithful all the way to his death. Um, For um, I don't know how many years after he wrote this epistle um he was brought out and he was going to be um proclaimed that Jesus was not the son of god he was going to proclaim um against Jesus and um he got in front of everybody and he he uh right before his death he says Jesus is the son of god and judge of the world and from that they stoned him and um bludgeoned him to death um endurance and faith all the way to the end of his life um, James was convinced. He grew up unconvinced. He grew up not believing. And then James, um, when, when historians look at James, they, they question what in, what happened to him that changed his life around that, that gave him that endurance to finish to the end. Well, what happened to him is he saw the truth. He saw the resurrected Lord. And, um, he gave his life Uh, for that, not only his, I'm not talking about his death, he gave his entire rest of his life for that, uh, for that faith of that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so, we read in uh, James chapter, uh, verse 2 here, who are my brethren, sorry, verse 2 says, my brethren, count it all joy. And so when you go back to that question, who are my brethren, who are my sisters, those who do the will of the Father? And so what James is saying here in verse 2 is, My brethren, he's saying those who are doing the will of the Father, those who are following after and enduring and following after, he is saying when you get into various trials of life, hardships of life, count it all joy when you fall into these trials. Um, these diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall it into diverse temptations um, in um, in numbers, if anybody is uh, following the um, the study in fargo we 're going through the study of numbers, and recently we had a study of the snake bite when they were, um, when they were uh, rebelling against the Lord, and the Lord sent fiery snakes into their camp and um, these temptations came, and they were they were rebelling against the Lord, complaining, and God led them through the wilderness. And by the end of that passage, they were rejoicing, and so they had they went through a trial period of hardship. They went through a trial period of the Lord um, working in them, and they came out rejoicing. Um, in let's see, in Job, you look at Job's life. He started out, and the Lord, seemingly, it seems like, well, it's just a deal with the devil that the Lord made. But when you read the whole book of Job, you realize that God brought this into Job's life for that perfecting of of endurance, that perfecting of his faith. Um, you um, look at the blessing that he had in his later part of his life. And I think that blessing was how his relationship with God, more so than the things that God actually gave him. Um, the book of Job is how God perfects a man in his faith, how God perfects that enduring work of of, um, of his love in his life. And um, really, Job um, tried, tried and endured, and came out um, came out as silver and gold. Another type of temptation we read in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He, tr- he was tried there. Not that his faith would be perf- perfected, but that it would be revealed. Revealed to the world of what, ma- what sort he is. What-, what is Jesus made of? Well, he is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And and the devil said, um, if you are the Son of God, if you really are that, all right." and then he tempted him, and Jesus prevailed, and then angels came and ministered to him, revealing who he is. And so that trial in his life is that trial that we seek to um, have as well as sons and daughters of God. Uh, born again, that we would continue, that we would be able to Um, have our faith perfected, but that we would be able to stand on the Word of God and in those moments that we would prove to those around us what sort we are, what are we made of. Um, Thirty years James was there showing what sort he is, what he's made of. Paul was showing what he's made of. Um, All of these trials showing a work of that perfecting work of, of God and revealing the endurance of a Christian life. Verse, uh, verse 3 in James, Knowing this, that the trial trying of your faith worketh, worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then skipping down to verse 12, let's just say, uh, read ahead here, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Um, I've heard a lot of Christians um whining and complaining because they say, I want, I want, uh, I want endurance, I want patience. Oh, don't pray for that because then hardship's gonna come into your life. Um don't pray for in- uh patience and endurance because it brings trials to your life. Um but what does the Bible say about that? In um, let's see, I have my notes out of order here in um 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 3 It says according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby we are given to us great exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience. And that patience is that endurance. And to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, They make you that ye should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Okay, so, not having endurance. You forget the grace of God you fall off. These things uh, fall apart in your life. Um, your faith, your, your, your faith and that thing that you're building towards that love, um, that charity, you get your eyes off the right things if you, um, if you don't have these hardships in your life, if you don't have that perfecting work in your life. Hebrews chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience or endurance, that after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Okay, so you you have need of endurance. And casting away those things that God gives you, that you need, is, um, well, it's rebellion. Uh, God says, you need this, and you say, no, I don't need this, that's rebellion. And so when God says you need endurance, you need to look at that, that prize that we're going to receive afterwards, that, that um those rewards that He gives us, um, we need to set our eyes rightly and have endurance to the to that day. Um and so when these trials and afflictions come into your life, we are to have joy because that is creating a a perfecting of our faith, our a perfecting of our love for one another. A perfecting of meekness, all those things that God has commanded us to do, those trials perfect these things in, in our lives. Um, think about think about going back to the children of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, God was perfecting their faith um, through the wilderness, and and it took an entire generation to to die off in order for that to be pure. But um, these things are an, an example for us that we should walk and not do the same mistake that they made. So, um, sometimes these trials come in our lives and we can't, we can't see God's hand in it. Um, we, um, early on in our marriage, we prayed for a house and God showed us the house um, by miraculous ways where, exactly where we are to live and we got the house exactly where we, were, we believed we were supposed to live. Um, which is in a rich neighborhood, but our house was cheap, which is interesting how that all worked out. We know it was the Lord. And all of a sudden, things start falling apart, and we can't afford a mortgage payment, and all of these things go wrong. And it's like, okay, well, who led us to this point? It was God. Well, okay, then all of these troubles that are going through our life have got to be from God. Um, um, somebody else I talked to, said that he prayed for this job, and a year later he lost his job. And he didn't understand why would God tell him to get this job and then lose the job. And at the same time, we're studying the um, trials in the wilderness. And I encouraged him that if God put you in this life, put this job into your life, and you lost the job, then it's in God's hands. And it's him perfecting this work in you, that work of endurance. Um, So, Mm -hmm. verse 5. Back in James. Let me see if I can find the book of James again. All right. (laughs) Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, Wisdom is using the knowledge that you have correctly. Um, It is how you hear And how you it is how you hear what you hear and how you act upon what you hear. Um, I when I was in college I um, took a few classes of uh, mass communications, and uh, they talked about these um, the filters of information. Uh, When you're filming, you have the camera that narrows the view of what's going on. You have wherever the TV is that you're watching, watching it from, which could be in a bar. Now you have distractions. It narrows even farther of what's going, of what the camera's trying to pick up. And then you have the eye, um, again, the distractions and stuff, uh, and then you have the um, interpretation of the, the information of the person's history, um, and, and their bias and how they interpret the views from there. And the job of the cameraman is to do A story in such a way that can get past those filters filters, to provide facts. At least in theory, that's how it's supposed to work. Um, And then also we learned about cameras and how each camera can have a lens. And you have your regular lens and then you have a, uh, you can have a yellow lens that, that cuts out the blue light. You have a blue lens that cuts out the yellow light. Or you have a fisheye lens that makes uh, things in front of the camera look bigger and the things on the side look smaller. And so you can have different lenses on these cameras affecting how the camera views uh, what it's trying to pick up. All right, The beginning of wisdom, that is our, our filter of information. We are to begin with looking at wisdom. We are taking wisdom, we are to begin with the fear of the Lord. Um, the fear of the Lord is the filter that we 're to have in our hearts, and then um, the lens that we 're to have is um, how how are we receiving the Word of God? are we receiving it with meekness? are we receiving are we receiving that that Word of God uh, with um, hungry and thirsting for him? Um, you know make sure that you have the right filters and lenses on when you come to the Word of God that you 're not coming in a Way that you're not, that you're separated from God, that you're, you have the world's ways in you, that you have distractions in your life, Um, come to him him with the lens and these filters. Are you, uh, you are, you are Lord, and I long for you, and you alone, and when we ask in faith and we don't waver, we don't look back and forth, um, we're not like a ship rocking back and forth in the sea. Like when Jonah w- uh, was given a command, he was taken away. And he uh, he uh, went the complete opposite way of where the Lord was leading him. He didn't have the endurance to, to follow after what the Lord was leading him in. In Hebrews um, chapter 3. We'll skip there again. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse eight through thirteen. Three verse eight. Uh, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and have al- have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And then, uh, skipping ahead to verse, uh, we'll skip ahead to verse 18 and 19. And to whom swear he that he should not, they should not enter into the, his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Again, in James talking about that wavering faith, that, uh, not believing. Uh, Proverbs, um, my la- the last part uh, here is Proverbs 23. When I was reading this, it reminded me of a person staggering back and forth. And in, uh, back in Proverbs chapter uh, 23, as I read a proverb a day, um, starting in verse 26 through 35. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey, and increaseth the transgressors among men. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has babbling? Who has wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth, his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold a strange strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as, as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or he that lies upon the top of a mass. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake that I may seek it yet again? And that um, that vis that visual is is just you you picture a guy who's just red faced and staggering around and just like I need another drink and it's like the the Bible encourages not to have a, a wine of in- a mind of intoxication have a sober mind and so when I talk about these filters and lenses I suppose a better way to say it is remove the lenses remove the filters and have the truth of God in your heart, uh, the fear of God, uh, and um, taking the filters and lenses off that the world puts on us. And so having a sober mind as we come to the Lord and having that strength of faith. Um, so take heed to build your up, yourself up on your faith. Um, verse 8 through 11 A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as a flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in all his ways. Um, Endurance does not come by trying to get yourself physically poor, physically rich. Uh, endurance comes by setting your eyes and your heart on the Lord. Um, I have a shirt that I bought recently that says, Bring it, and then it has a verse. And when I looked at it, I was just like, Oh, cool, it's a Christian shirt. Bring it, and then it has a verse. And it is a Christian shirt, but I didn't look at the verse before I bought it. And uh, after I bought it, I looked at the verse and... Um, being content in all things. So it's like, bring it. Whatever you bring, I can handle it. Being content with all things, having the Lord on your side. Um, in this verse, you know, talking about riches and poverty. Um, it doesn't matter the state of life, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, uh, whatever you're going through. God is forever. The Word is forever. Keep your heart and your mind on the Word and on God. And we go on in verse 12 to talk about inward temptation versus outward temptation. The outward temptation and trial in our life is the issues that go on around us. Make sure that your heart is on the Lord in those issues and make sure that you rejoice in those issues. Now we're talking about the inward temptations um, blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren." Um, this is these these verses. When I studied the language, um, it's very pi- picturesque language. In um, verse uh, 15, then when uh, first we'll, we'll look at 14 here. Um, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That word "enticed" is a hunter's uh, term when when you have um, your bait and that animal looks at that bait and is restrained and finally gives up restraining and goes for the bait. So the idea is when you're enticed, you stop restraint and you go for the bait, that thing that's in front of you that's luring you in. And then in verse 15, um, it's very picturesque. Um, It's the idea, um, then when lust hath conceived. The idea is that a woman is Given into impulses allowing a man to have his way with her, and then conceiving um, it brings forth sin. the um, having that seed in the woman is sin, and then when sin is finished, when when that that sin is full term, it births death. Um, so um, in psalm verse fifty one. I'm not going to read the psalm, but you can look at it. It's talking about, um, and we sang it today, um, talking about um, David's uh, sin with Bathsheba. And it's very much a similar picture with this and how David was brought into that, the, the pits of death and how he was um, pleading with the Lord, don't take your spirit from me. And, and pleading, and, because the sin that, that he did, he tried to hide and it brought forth the death of his son. It would have been, um, it would have been um, a different death, but he, uh, um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much, but basically, yeah, it brought forth death in his life. And in the end of um, Psalm, he, he rejoices in the Lord and, and is, is restored. But the idea is that that sin, same picture that we have in verse 15, brought forth death. So, um, in verse 16 it says, Do not err. Do not be led astray by impulse and be captured by the trap of sin. Do not err. Um, Continuing on in verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um, Yeah. Verse 18. Of his own will he beget us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. This is a beautiful contrast to the verses that we just read. Um, talking about um, in verse seventeen it says every good good gift and every perfect gift is from above okay the lust in the trap that 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 meat or bait in the trap is not like the things that God gives us um, it is from above. Uh It cometh down from the Father of lights. Okay, back then they would look at the stars and the sky and the moon and the sun as the lights. And it comes down from the Father of lights, those things that reveal, those things that give light. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um, The um, shadow of turning... I looked at that word. It's actually talking about the the um, the orbiting of the constellations. When you have the sun rise, you have shadow, and then when it sets, you have the shadows turning and stuff. And then you have night, of course. Um, the lights here are imperfect. There's still shadow. When God sits on His throne, He will be the light of the world, and He will give us light, and there will be no shadow. There is no shadow of turning. There is no shadow that anything can hide. When you put your hand in the light, it creates shadow. There will be no shadow in his light. Um, And that's the idea that this verse gets across. There's no shadow of turning. And so when we get these things from the Lord, when we get endurance, we might think it might be an evil, hard time because we're dealing with that, uh, because we live in a fallen world. But when we receive that endurance, it is not with Guile from God. It is not like He's doing something in your life just to pick on you. Um, When you ask for wisdom, it's not like He's going to give you something different. These things are good. They are not. They're open. They are. They are light giving in our lives, and it creates. um, It creates a life of light. In the Proverbs, it talks about how you know you have the man who's in a sin. He stumbles and he doesn't know what makes him stumble, but. The man who loves the Lord and follows after the Lord has um, that, that, that faith and its light, and it shines ever brighter to that perfect day, um, always coming towards that perfect day, always having that, that, um, taking that next step but knowing what's at that next step. Um, he's not going to lead us into shadow. So I'll just take. Okay. Um, verse 18. Contrast 18 to 15. Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth. His own will. It's, it, it's purposeful um, versus impulsive. In verse 15 is impulsive. And this, in verse 18, is purposeful. Of his own will, he beget us with the word of truth. The word of truth being the seed that enters into our hearts and brings forth um, us a kind of first fruits, a offering to the Lord, if you will. Um, a offering of, of to the Lord is to be sanctified, it's to be um, In the world, the church is the part that's to the Lord, that's offered to the Lord. So when we receive the word of truth into good hearts, that meek heart, um, it is to produce that that, uh, sanctified fruit to the Lord. Um, And the emphasis that James is um, putting in here is the sanctification of the Christian heart. Um, because he goes on and he talks about um, how we are to sanctify our hearts in verse 19 to the end. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Um, and then, um, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart every filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, as we uh, as I already read, Um Skipping down to verse 22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving your own selves. This is that swift to listen part. Be doers. Be swift to listen, but don't miss what God is telling you to do. Be swift to listen, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. And I think, in, and, I've, and I've often said this to other people, I think in a setting like Calvary Chapel, we have the tendency to be swift to listen to the whole counsel of God. But are you applying anything into your life? We have the danger of hearing the word of God and knowing the word of God and telling your friends this is what the word of God or t- telling another believer and talking about how much you know of the word of God. But what is actually being put up, is actually being applied into your life? Because as we'll read further, if we don't apply it to, the, to the, anything that we receive from the Word of God into our life, what good is the Word of God to us? Um, he talks about how it's like a natural man looking at his face, seeing what he's like and going away and forgetting. And how do you forget something like that? You forget something like that and you forget what the Lord tells you because you don't care about it. It's not important to you. Um, I have, um, excuse me, I talk to a lot of people because I've learned this in my life that if I forget something in my life, and um, or let's say um, somebody told me to do something and I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that. Do you know why I forgot about that? Is because it's not a priority in my life. I have other things. I I mean, I never forget to go to bed. I never forget to eat. <laughs> Those things are a priority for me. In fact, Sarah would would. Uh, Sarah would tell you all all the kinds of times that she's woken me up from sleeping and how much of a priority it is for me to get my sleep. And, uh, it's a weakness, but it is the point that when you have your priorities set, nothing's going to take you away from those priorities and you're not going to forget about it. So if you read the Word of God and you forget about those things that He talked to you about, reset your priorities. Make sure you have the right heart, um, Removed the filters and the lenses in your life that take your eyes off of the Word of God and the importance and your relationship with God. Um, so, in um, in First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse twenty-two. First Samuel fifteen. Where is First Samuel? Who moved it? Okay, First First Samuel, Chapter Fifteen. Verse twenty two. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Again, making sure you do not reject the word of the Lord, not doing things to look to have the reputation of being religious, as we'll read on later, um, Saul was self-deceived. He thought that, well, I'm not going to obey completely, but I'll offer these these sacrifices before before Saul gets or Samuel gets here, so that um, people can worship, and and because Saul is is holding back worship. But the instruction was wait until Samuel gets there and then. Um, and then do the things, but he couldn't wait. The point is, is that he was not walking in obedience. He didn't have obedience as priority in his life. He had his own thoughts priority in his life and how he should be viewed as king, as the head of the nation, what he should look like. And um, so just to make sure that when we, um, we should be swift to listen and obey. Um, that we are not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Um, if we... Um, um, whatever we do, we're sowing things in our, in our lives. So, when we... Uh, we hear the word of God and we obey it. We are sowing to righteousness. We're sowing to that reward that we'll receive in heaven as we uh, keep our eyes upon the prize and not upon the world. Um, so, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. We endure sowing in this life. Um, we need we need that endurance. We are of in need of that endurance, as we read in Hebrews. And having our eyes kept on Jesus, not the world, Having our eyes on the prize, do not give in to the impulses and snares. Um, in verse twenty-four, we as we continue on, um, for he beholdeth himself and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner he's careless. Again, as I said, forgot. Um, let's see in verse twenty-five. Um, being not a forgetful here but a doer of the work. That, that work is the employment. What are you employed doing? We're employed doing the work of the Lord, first and above all. Um, not being a for- forgetful hearer. Um, what would happen if your employer tells you to do something and you forgot to do it? Every time. Be here at 8 o'clock. Oh, I forgot, or I slept in. It's not a priority in your life. What about the things that God has given us to do? Are we dropping those things? Or are we continuing? How is God a priority in our life? How are we fearing God? How are we reverencing Him? Um, that liberty, we, we sometimes we find ourselves fearing our employer more than the Lord. Um, that liberty, liberty is free to do what we ought. Sin will take you out from this liberty as we read about in, in uh, Samuel. Saul, um, Saul, uh, was in sin and he was taken out of the liberty, the, the, the liberty to be employed of the Lord, to be king. So we are to endure to the end, not given into impulses. Um, and let's see. Uh, early on in verse 25, it says, But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, examines, maintains, keeps that in the forefront of his mind and his heart. Whoever examines, looks into these things, and maintains this mind um, into the perfect law of liberty and continues, is a doer, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. While he goes, he is going to be blessed in his going." Uh, verse 26, If any man among youth seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself from unspotted from the world. If any man of you seem to be religious, have the reputation of being a well-to-do religious guy. Um seems to be worshiping in truth, seems to be doing these things right, but does not bridle his tongue. Um, and James has a few things to talk about somebody who doesn't bridle their tongue. Um, but deceives his own heart, thinking that he's religious, th- taking the Word of God, talking about how what the Word of God says, arguing circles around other people, but deceives his own heart in that he's not walking in these things. He's not being um, a wholesome Christian. Um, this man, religion, is vain. God doesn't receive it. God doesn't receive the sacrifices of a man who is just doing the works and not walking in obedience. He doesn't receive that. Pure religion, a uh, and this word religion is um, talking about your life to God, Your what you do to please God. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. So if you want to do something pure and undefiled, do these things. If you want to live that way and, and please God and know that you're pleasing God, this is the least you can do. Visit the fatherless and widows. Okay? In their affliction. Because guess what? They're going through hardships too. And their hardships are probably worse than yours. Um, visit them. Take heed to them. Spend time with them. And to keep yourself unspotted from the world. The Pharisees, they were loud. They were boasting. They talked, they probably had a great knowledge of the scriptures, but they were, they, they had a reputation of being religious, but um, they left off righteousness. And Jesus said, you, you did these finer things. Yeah, that's fine. You did all these finer things, but you left off the important things. Walking in righteousness, loving others. Um, when it came down to it, they only loved themselves. Um. so and I already said that basically in verse 27 he's talking about if you want to live that pure and righteous life if you want to do works that you know is good visit the fa- the fatherless and the widows God will accept that love others and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Get your mind off of the world and keep your get those lenses and those filters off and see the see the truth for what it is as we read the word. Empty your heart of pride and and go to him in meekness. Our applications. Um, this first one has three parts to it. Order your priorities. Keep your eyes on the prize. Um, the verse to go with that is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 30, 39. The second part is, what is your lens? Fear of the Lord. And the third part is, what is your filter? Meek, submitted heart. Our second application Hear and be employed by your Lord. And our third application, and our last one, is be unspotted from the world. So. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this study in James. I pray that you would teach us... Um, to endure temptation, to endure, endure, endure. Lord, push pressing through, keeping our eyes on the prize, keeping unspotted from the world, being well-pleasing to you, not only hearing your word, but doing your word. Lord, applying these things to our lives. Lord, may we get rid of those things that are priority in our life above you, not just setting them aside, Lord, but dying to self, picking up our cross and following after you. Lord Jesus, um, help us to love you more and more as we as we live this life for you. Lord, we look forward to that time that you are our light, Lord, that you reveal all things, you reveal our hearts, and, our, and we are like you. Father, we look forward to that time that we receive those rewards, those those heavenly rewards that moth and dust do not, and rust do not uh, do not tarnish, Lord. But those rewards that you have set apart for us as we as we continue on with our walk. Father, I pray that you would um, take these words that have been spoken today. Lord, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to each and every single one of our hearts differently. Lord, whatever is said, Lord, I pray that we would apply these things to our lives, that we wouldn't forget um, those things that you've said, and that we would continue on and love you and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, And amen.